This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right. A self-defense event happens in seconds. In the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I, play, I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense. But if you must, then you must be ready. That's why USCCA exists because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R and act now because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. We got donut holes floating around the studio. We're not allowed to do that, are we? See all the paperwork this lady's doing over here? Oh, well, that's Mary. You know Mary. She's I know, as thorough. And... Have you ever seen that much paperwork? We don't even have that much paperwork. <laughs> she knows more than anybody in the county. That's why we're having her on today. Holy moly. So I guess we're going to have to behave. Well, as much at least as possible. Try. At least try. All right. Hey, so tomorrow night, everybody. Tomorrow night, last call. Uh, San Diego County Gun Owners is having their Christmas party at the Valley High. Doors open at 530. It's free. You don't have to RSVP. Just come on down, park for free, and come on in. And, what time? Uh, the doors open at 530. So don't show up before 530. Well, you and can, but it's just not going to do You should be looking at a closed door. Um, there'll be, uh, there'll be uh, all kinds of fun, uh, hors d'oeuvres and appetizers, and uh, then there's uh, you can purchase drinks. And uh, raffles. We're, we'll have uh, some really cool things to uh, some prizes. Uh, in fact, there's we're up to three guns. We have a Tavor, a, a 300 blackout Tavor. You could win a nine millimeter uh, Taurus G3, and oh no, I don't remember the third one. And then there's a like a 250 dollar bottle of San Diego County Gun Owners branded uh, bourbon. How cool is that? Do you need any more giveaways? Sure. Because I've got? got, it's a rifle that stands this tall, yeah, and it's full of tequila. You what, you, you just have that? <laughs> well, it was given to me for as a gift. Bring her on down. That's and cool. I've got another bottle of, I don't know if it's bourbon or whiskey. I'm not a bourbon or whiskey guy. Nope. It was given to me as a gift, which I don't drink it. Bring it on down. Supposedly, yeah. it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. So if, I, if you want those for raffle prizes, that'd be I'll bring great. Them. That'd be awesome. That's super, super generous, Dave. I just can't invite the guy that gave them to me. I had a, fr- a friend of mine. Went, why? Wait well, a minute. Because if he shows up, he oh, says, yeah, didn't yeah. I give those to you? Hopefully he's not a listener. I, oh, my gosh. I don't care. <laughs> I'm still going to donate him. Because I know uh, I'm going to kick that rifle over full of tequila. Yeah. I know I'm going to one of these days. I had a friend that went to uh, Russia, and uh, he brought back some Russian uh, vodka in, in a bottle that was shaped like a gun. And so I drank it all and got rid of the bottle. He got so mad at me. He's like, how did you got get rid of that rid bottle? Of bottle? I'm like, I don't know. Well, I didn't drink it all at once. I mean, Well, it doesn't make any difference. It was well, like you a- must have if you got rid of the bottle. <laughs> but he's like, how did you? why did you throw away the bottle? I'm like, I don't know. It was empty. What are you doing with it? Anyway. 
<laughs> that's the way you have to think with your new vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> you can't keep nothing. That's right. So, all right. So we're going to, Alicia, how's it going? Really, really well. Fantastic. Really yep. Thank you so much for helping out with the uh, shooting social yesterday. And another one this morning. And another one yeah. this morning. How'd that go? Oh, fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Talk yeah. about the, uh, this morning was the Guns and Moses, right? Correct. Guns and Moses. Um, so... Uh, the Guns and Moses, if, if if for anybody who's not familiar, it's a Jewish shooting group, <clears throat> um, and some of them are very orthodox, some of them are not, mm-hmm. and it is, if if any of you out there are, or have ever considered being a mentor, male or female, it would be great, because they often do have um, divisions to where they have people that want to shoot that need a certain gender mentor to work yeah. with. From my understanding is the orthodox women cannot have physical contact with anybody other than a woman. Correct. Okay. Correct. And I've had it work the other way as well, where I was paired with a man that I wasn't able to work with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah. So, it was great that I was there. There was a young lady that I worked really well with. I believe she was nine. And she, I think, Jackson, she'd give you a run for your money. Oh. Yeah. Sounds like a challenge. I'd like to meet her. (laughs) (laughs) Attaboy. So, so, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of- We should bring her to the Christmas party. Oh, that would be cute. Yeah. So she was the rabbi's niece. So I, I bet Alex could get a hold of her. She, she might not be going to a Christmas party then. That's true. <laughs> Actually, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. We say that everybody's invited. I've got, it's it's a yeah, holiday party. There you go. You know, well, it's a it's, holiday party. It's actually I would call it a Christmas party, but I've gone to. Do we have to know, bring presents? No, then it's not a Christmas party. We just want we want your presence, it's but P R E S E N C E. Don't look at me. I can't presents. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> that joke didn't work at all. I know, not at all. <laughs> I got one girl in the back to laugh. <laughs> well, well, Alicia, thank you so much for helping. You helped in, with with both the one at Discount Gun Mart on Saturday, which was the BIPOC shooting social, Correct. and that went really, really well, mm-hmm. although it was cold. It's, well, this morning in Poway at 7.30, bring your parka. Oh, really? The, the, when they get those ventilation systems, whatever the temperature is outside, you get that amplified inside. Yeah. It was cold. Everybody everybody had a good time? Great time. Desi yep. ran it well? She did. Awesome. I she was uh, hanging out with uh, Hot Rod. Handsome Dave over there at uh, the KUSI studio and talking he was about the- pitching, not me, SD. He was my backup. There you yeah, go. Yeah. She, uh, she uh, I guess she's already worked with somebody. One of the other, what was she, a, she a guest as well? or what Yeah, was she? she was part of the uh, community center for the- uh, the car giveaway mm. that you know we we did. He just gave away a car. Yeah, the Durango. The Durango. Yeah. yeah. Well, what it is? She well, works. And he said that like, yeah, hey, Durango. Man. We were talking about it off air. I'm trying uh, to. Oh, I see. We're You're on a radio, to do a radio show. show. Yeah. She works with uh, <laughs> Mr. G, who won the car. Oh, cool. He did a. In fact, uh, she was the one that nominated him. Oh, nice. You know, because of all the the work he's done for charity and and families, and never takes a dime and. Well, that was cool, you guys. Then too. his vehicle blew up. Well, it was Napa. It was 12 Napa centers that all chip in. Because a lot of times, customers' cars will break. The tranny will go bad. The engine will go bad. And they'll just bring you the pink slip and say, look, I don't want to pay the diagnosis. And I don't want to pay the tear down here. Here's a pink slip. Oh, that's cool. And then they'll fix the car, you know, the individual shops, and they just sell them. So then John... Came well, up you with said they like replaced. Every, I think what the only original thing left was like the windshield and the steering wheel. Pretty much. I mean, I mean there was everything. even a dent in the back hatch. They took the dents out of it. They, I mean, it's. I mean, if you looked at it, it looked like it was almost brand new. Uh, you know, I have a dent on my Jeep yeah. that I you got. got dents all over your Jeep. Well, hey, was, how's your turn signals? They still don't work. Okay, I just which, did. by the way, 
Turn signals don't work. I fit in. I've never, Perfectly. Oh, yeah, I've never felt so welcome. They're just a suggestion in San Diego County. Yeah. The See, other, turn signals means you're out of from out of town. I've lived here since 1997, almost my entire adult life. And I think this weekend is when I actually officially became a San Diegan by not having <laughs> access to turn signals i feel like i'm now part of the family like yeah, for the they, first time in it took many you years. long enough yeah so i've been welcomed yeah and you're i bu- tried the thing where you you know you, you know when i was a boy scout i learned you know the left you take That's a left, left what's right left and then right is this okay okay well this you can't do the fist you can't do the fist no and you can't just because it looks like you're and just, you can't do the middle finger so i just i <laughs> yeah. just go i just go it's well that thing jeep. is so fast anyway yeah well it is a jeep <laughs> It's got big tires on wheels. But I have one dent on the hood, on the driver's side. I got it f- like five minutes after I bought the Jeep. And a you friend stare of mine, at it every day. Every day. Well, a friend of mine was like, oh, this is cool. And then he sat on my hood. Boom. So it's the perfect shape of this guy's butt. Yeah. On my, I'm like, oh, man. Why don't you just pop it. it out? Every once in a while I've thought about it, but now it's a, it's a part of the Jeep. Why don't you pop it out? It's a part of the Jeep. Mary's shaking her head. She knows. Yeah. And Mary, but Mary's uh, Mary's here. She's going to talk about. We're, we're talking about the listening sessions, right? Uh, oh yeah, the the gun violence listening sessions that are supposed to be two sided. Mary is a. Uh, They're really three sided. She's a county board of supervisor pit bull. Is that what we can call? It? Is that your official title? Watchdog and constitutional referee. Bam. So when they see you come in the room, they shudder, right? Or roll their eyes. <laughs> I like to shudder. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Ah. Hey folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Did you know the AR in AR-15 does not stand for assault rifle? What? It actually, I know. What? I know, far too many people don't understand. It actually stands for Armalite rifle, which is the original manufacturer of the most popular rifle in America. Stephen Hallberg thinks that it should be America's rifle and wrote a book about it. Stephen Hallberg is up next. Yeah, America's rifle makes sense. Hey, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call California firearms lawyer John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, red gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws, 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. So our next guest is one of my favorite authors. Um, I found him years ago when he wrote a book. Uh, it's basically the history of the Second Amendment, which I I feel is pretty much the the definitive book when it comes to the history of the Second Amendment. Called the Founder's Second Amendment. His name is Stephen Hallbrook. Uh, extremely intelligent, interesting guy. We've had him on the show before. We're having him back because he's got another book out. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Always my pleasure. So let's, I'll tell you what, let's just uh, uh, talk about why you think, uh, let's jump right into it. Why should it be called America's Rifle? Well, the AR-15, and that's become a generic term now, of course. There's a lot of varieties, but it's the most popular rifle sold today. Hmm. Um, I think it's estimated at this point, 
if we ask about, uh, we do surveys and we ask about AR-15s or similar type rifles, and so I'm going to include the ones that uh, some people like to ban. So your all your California non-compliant rifles, um, I think it's 44 million, something like that. There are 44, uh, there, so we think, best estimations, there are 44 million uh, AR pattern rifles in America today. Well, let, let's say semi-automatic rifles with features that bad that gun banners don't like. Okay, all right. Uh, because when you ask a survey like that, it's got to be very general. Um, and so I think the purpose of these kinds of surveys is to identify how many gun owners have guns that uh, people who want to ban guns, um, the, the types of, of guns. So I, I would include AKs maybe, but I really don't know. I mean, because it's in the perception of the people answering these surveys, but, yeah, that but makes it's sense. An they're not going to know one from another. Yeah. 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 Right. And certainly the antis don't know one from the other. All they know is that that evil, wicked, mean, and nasty conspicuously protruding pistol grip. <laughs> I like that. Well, not only that, but the other problem is us gun folk. We're, I mean, we split hairs. Like we get way down into the weeds. So, right. you know, well, it's not, it's not technically an AR because you know. So I mean, yeah, I can see that there there probably needs to be a whole a whole uh, you know agreed upon language set before we can get really really accurate numbers. Still, forty four million semi automatic rifles uh, is uh, I mean that's significant, right? Right, and that doesn't include just your ten twenty two or just all the other semi auto rifles. I mean, uh, it's it's the ones with features that seem to be typical when people think of an AR-15, and there's a lot of gun owners who don't know much about it either. Um, and, of course, that was the Colt name. I mean, originally the M-16 was called the AR-15, and then it became M-16, and, and Colt in 1964 brought out the Colt AR-15 Sporter, and uh, it's been in production ever since by many other manufacturers. And then, of course, the the trademark AR-15 expired a long time ago. But we're, we're kind of like gun people splitting hairs. Right. Here's <laughs> what I would say, since you, you're Californians, the, the conspicuously protruding pistol grip is defined in the <laughs> California regulations right. uh, as allowing the, the hand to grasp the uh, handle or the, the grip. And so they make it to be compliant. You cannot hold the grip all the way around, but if you have this fin block in place where it looks like you're hitchhiking, your thumb is in the up position, then that's legal. Now think about the Second Amendment. Are you trying to tell me that the Second Amendment protects a rifle if your thumb is pointed up, but it doesn't protect the rifle if your thumb is uh, horizontal in grasping the handle. I mean, please. And we've had one court after another uphold these stupid laws, the Ninth Circuit, uh, the First Circuit, Second Circuit. And at this point, the Supreme Court decided the uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin case in June, and that invalidated the nanny state's uh, may-issue handgun carry laws. But the court also had been holding one so-called assault weapon case and one and two magazine cases 
and told the lower courts to get it right and to redo those cases. So the um, the magazine, uh, I'm sorry, the assault weapon case, so-called, was out of Maryland, and they just had oral argument. I mean, the Supreme Court said in the Bruin case, is it under the text of the Second Amendment? Well, yeah, it's an arm. The right of the people to keep and bear arms, uh, these rifles are arms. And you, you, so you've got to find something at our founding period where um, they, something at least equivalent to they banned guns like this or they, they did something that was so close to the modern restriction. And, of course, there is none. Um, they, these lower courts have been upholding these laws based on some kind of balancing test where the Second Amendment always loses and the government interest always wins. And so um, we, we've got the, one of the magazine cases from California, another one from New Jersey. Yep. And the Supreme Court told these lower courts, look, you didn't do it right. Let's try this again. And I fully expect these lower courts to try to obstruct again, just like they did after Heller was decided. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I think at some point the Supreme Court's going to take on this issue. Wow, of the assault. So the, our our case is the Miller case. That's San Diego County gun owners. That's our case. That's the one that's we got a favorable ruling, um, and then that's the one that they're going to revisit. Um, so right. that, that was sent back down to District Judge Benitez. Yeah. And, and he, they had and, a hearing on Monday. Right. And we know how he's going to, you know, we know. In fact, yeah. I mean, Stephen, I know you, you, you read the decision. His original decision was almost cut and paste on what ended up being the Bruin decision. So we know it's going to go in our favor. You think the Ninth Circuit, it's going to, they're going to, they're going to push back or, or you think they'll comply? Well, look what they did when, I mean, when, when that case uh, first went up to the Ninth Circuit, you had a three judge panel. Um, the good guys won two to one, but then it went in bond. And every case that goes before the Ninth Circuit, if, if the panel decision wins, the in bond court will overturn it. And there's apparently 52 cases or so by one of the judges' counts. Every one of them, the Second Amendment loses. <laughs> um, cases that have been before that court, either the full court and bond or just a panel decision. But uh, it's an in bond. Um, it's like an automatic in bank rule yeah. if the panel gets it right. So, I, I, you know, I'm looking for them to try to obstruct some more. Wow. What? So, what would that look like? They'd they'd appeal it or they'd delay it or what? What, what do you what do you think that look like? Well, so the what's going to happen? The Supreme Court in Bruin said if it's within the words of the Second Amendment, the text, then the uh, burden is on the government to try to prove by um, historical examples from the founding period or shortly thereafter something like that same kind of restriction. And so just to use the Bruin case for an example, um, it's about the right to carry, and uh, it's always been the rule that that um, the courts could restrict gun uh, gun carrying in their courts. I mean, that goes back to for centuries. So there's not a problem. That's the so-called sensitive place. And so if, if you take mm. that reason and uh, let's let's apply it to this case, like, can you find me a historic example kind of like that where they banned any type of gun? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. They, they didn't ban any guns. They didn't ban cannon in those days even. Now, according to the Supreme Court, 
uh, Heller, if a if a gun is commonly possessed or common or typically used for self defense, then it's protected. Okay, so you can argue cannon aren't protected, even though they could be sold legally at, at the founding. Um, but rifles, pistols, and shotguns, I mean, hello. Yeah, right. Uh, these are commonly possessed. They pass the test. And and I got another thing to inform Joe Biden, because he thought cannons were banned. You can still own a cannon today. It just has to be registered with the ATF. <laughs> so they were not even restricted at the federal level until 1968. Well, did you notice in this last, in this latest round, um, you know, the last few weeks, this latest uh, round of, uh, hey, we want to ban guns, the terminology was th- they were staying away from assault weapon. They were staying away from weapons of war. Um, they're just going with semi-automatic now. That's, you know, I can't believe we have these semi-automatic guns and, you know, no one needs a semi-automatic gun. And that, that's, that's the term, uh, which is accurate. But, man, I don't think they realize – I mean, what, 80% of, of pistols, rifles sold today are probably semi-automatic, and that's what they're talking about banning now? Right. And they've always been a- after that goal, but they there were too many of them to ban. That's why the, the federal ban from 94 uh, did not ban the Ruger Mini-14. There were too many people who had them. But they figured they could get away with banning um, – rifles like the AK series or, or like the AR-15 because not as many people had them. Uh, but at this point, I mean, they've always wanted to ban semi-autos. In fact, uh, this is not a ban, but it's a, a restriction. In the state of Oregon, they simply took the definition of semi-automatic rifle and they inserted the word assault. <laughs> they, they took a perfectly normal um, definition for semi-automatic and then they introduced the word assault. And what is that? What the hell does that add to it? It's just a derogatory term. Well, I so think. One thing I've tried to, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I've tried to do. The, my new book is called America's Rifle: um, The Case for the AR-15. It's a historical account, a constitutional legal account of the whole issue of the right to bear arms. And sounds like we haven't had something. All right, hey, we're playing music for you, which means. We're going to have to take a break. But we're having him back. He's coming we're having back. you back, yep. so don't touch that dial, let's folks. Let's go into detail, yeah. We're going to go into major detail right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The Folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County self-defense rights. If you live in Orange County and want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, join. OCGunOwners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is more than supporting, more than supporting the lawsuits by the Second Amendment. They have developed an effective infrastructure that focuses on local outreach and activism. Volunteer at a shooting social at a gun shop and tabletop and help more pro-gun local officials get elected. Become a member today. OCGunOwners.com slash join. All right, we got Stephen Hallbrook back with us. 
author of America's Rifle, trying to educate the masses that an AR is not an assault rifle. So talk to us about the book. What 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 what, what are you uh, what is the hope? What is the message you'd like to get out about the book? What are you looking to accomplish with the book? Well, um, I'm hoping to help educate the American public, but also more particularly uh, lawyers, judges, uh, people who are doing litigation on the subject, uh, because there's a number of things going on. First of all, I got involved with this topic right when it started, 1989, California passed the first ban, the first state ban. And we litigated a case called Fresno Rifle and Pistol Club versus Vandy Camp. And the the Ninth Circuit said the Second Amendment doesn't apply in our state. Hmm. Okay. And so uh, eventually the Supreme Court resolved that in the the Chicago case from 2010, McDonald. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I, I, I wanted to trace the whole history of this because what were we up against in those days before the Heller decision? And it was just a, um, a complete denial that of the Second Amendment had any value, whatever, or any meaning. But then we go up into different phases. Uh, and what the book does after going through that initial phase, which talks about how that term assault weapon was invented as a propaganda term by the Violence Policy Center. They said, well, people will be confused because these AR-15s look like M-16, so we'll just... Um, you know, you use that kind of um, illogical reasoning to try to sh- mix people up, and they they think they're full auto, and they think all these they think if you shoot a pumpkin, it'll blow it up, and all these things they used to show. You remember what they used to do on uh, on television, right? And so, uh, but then the book goes into the text of the Second Amendment and the Supreme Court decisions, and then way back in history to our the English uh, forefathers who. Um, there was always a struggle between the monarchy and, and um, the freedom of the people. And eventually they had a declaration of rights in 1689. And, and, but then when our country started to be founded, our, our colonists came here and they expanded on those rights. We go through a lot of different periods of history. And what's, what's incredible. Um, of course, the Supreme court set for this meaning of the second amendment says, look at the, um, the period of when the Second Amendment was adopted and shortly thereafter, and let's look at what the founders had in mind. But if we go through even years after that, we have the development of, let's say, the, the Winchester rifle with multi-shot. You can fire them fast. At the same time, we have new states coming into the Union. And they're all declaring the right to bear arms in their constitutions. Yeah. Like, don't tell me they didn't have in mind Winchester rifles. And then we get to the the, the 20th century, and we have uh, repeating semi-automatic rifles uh, with detachable magazines, and we never had a single state ban any of those, uh, uh, basically until 1989. And uh, at this point in history, we only have seven states. I mean, these are still outliers, although unfortunately some of these are large, st- uh, large populated states. Um, but if you look at American history, even in the 20th century, when they passed the National Firearms Act, um, the proponents of that understood that you couldn't just ban guns. And so they restricted certain guns like machine guns, and they said you have to register them. But it was not until the, the federal ban in, in um, 1994 that they restricted ordinary semi-automatic rifles. And, right. and 
And then on the other side of their mouth, we have the civilian marksmanship program where they're still selling M1 Garand. (laughs) Yeah, you can get a Garand delivered to your front doorstep. Right, like the the greatest battle rifle ever invented. Um, And so, and and even Congress, as many restrictions and as many bad things, intrusions on the Second Amendment as they've done, the only time that they ever... uh, banned a, a large number of rifles or, or ordinary firearms was the so-called assault weapon ban. And even that expired. And so when you look at the overall picture, this is no way any part of American history and tradition to do this. And so we have these, um, we had only six of the states that had bans. And then the week after um, Bruin was decided, the governor of Delaware thought, well, he didn't read the decision. He didn't get the memo, obviously. So he signed their assault weapon ban into law. So now we have seven states. And, of course, they're superficial. They can't, they can't even make up their minds in terms of their definitions. And anyway, I've got a lot of this in the book, and it'll it, make it. It sounds crazy. excellent, yeah. It, it, I, you know, I have a question for you. Um, okay, so the case in the, I want to say it was the late 30s, and I think it was also called the Miller case, where they – uh, that's when they decided that you could ban short barrel shotguns, right? Is that- well, they didn't even say no. They didn't even say that. They said we don't have anything in the the judicial record in this case that it was a militia weapon, right? And they had uh, the idea that if it's a militia weapon, then the National Firearms Act um, might be invalid as applied to that. But remember the short barrel shotgun was required to be registered and you had to pay a tax, but it was not banned. Right. They've never said my correct. that you can just ban okay. them. My, my, right. Correct. Correct. You're absolutely right. But in essence, uh, in, in very layman terms, weren't they basically saying that if the firearm doesn't have a military use, um, then you can, you can, you can highly regulate or ban it. They, they seem to have suggested that, but it was more in the negative, that if it was a militia-type weapon, ordinary military ordinance, then there would be a problem with the National Firearms Act. I mean, if it was some other gun that didn't meet that, then you'd have to litigate it and see what, what the story was with it. But um, because there were a number of state uh, judicial decisions saying that militia weapons were the highest protected under the Second Amendment, because you've got the the militia duty, you know, this is defense of the country, defense from tyranny, um, and and the the whole controversy up until 1989 was about handguns, basically, um, in terms of like the anti-gun movement. That's all they cared about. They right. said ban handguns, little guns yep. bad, and long guns good. Then all of a sudden they flipped. So, oh, all of a sudden, rifles are bad. So, do you think now? With, I, of course, with with the Bruin decision, it's it's kind of it doesn't matter. Um, but do you? I I used to make the case, and I'm curious what your opinion is on this. I used to make the case that it was a mistake for us to describe uh, AR uh, pattern rifles or anything close to an AR rifle as less than something you would use in military use. They'd say, "Oh, no, no, it's a sporting rifle." Oh no no no! A five five six caliber isn't really that powerful. Oh no 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 no! We'd never use a semi-automatic rifle, you know, for in the military. I I used to make the case that that was a mistake because if you can't use it for military or militia use, 
then that's actually a case for being able to heavily regulate or ban it. That if it's just simply for sporting or just simply a collector's item, then it's not protected as much by the Second Amendment. Was I? What, what do you think about that case? What, what do you think about the argument I was making? Well, I, I can see it both ways. And here's the way I look at it. A single-shot chipmunk twenty-two bolt action has militia uses. you got to start somewhere. And anything you can do to uh, enhance the ability of the people to keep and bear arms and for self-defense, for hunting, for recreation, for militia, for defense against tyranny, that's why all of these guns are protected. And, and with the AR-15, it's got maybe some extra protection because how many people know how to use the charging handle to to, to get the uh, the cartridge into the chamber. Hmm. I mean, people brought up on other types of um, actions uh, or bolt actions, just as an example. I mean, it, it, it does look like kind of a mystery at first. And uh, it was only when they, I mean, for for me, it was not until the M16, I'm getting older. Um, that, that was a very novel way to charge a rifle was to have that charging handle. I mean, um, your, your mini 14 was completely different. Most semi-autos were different than that. So, um, I, I think some things like that and learning to use the sights, I think that enhances national defense. That's why in fact, the civilian relationship program has, sponsors matches where they encourage this kind of rifle. And one reason is to introduce people to military rifles. The big difference, of course, is that they're not full auto. And that's why they're the idea that they're only good for military purposes. I mean, no military in, in the world issues that as a, uh, a, just a semi-automatic as a standard service rifle. So let me ask you, um, I'm looking forward to I haven't read your book yet. I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait. Um, again, you're, uh, the Founder's Second Amendment, you're, that book is one of my – I tell everybody to read it. I truly think everybody should read it, everybody. It's fantastic, so I'm really looking forward to it. But stepping away from, uh, you know, the, the, the legal, the, you know, the, the explanations, et cetera, just you personally, why, why is this important to you? Why, do, you know, I mean, why is writing this book and, and, and winning this battle and getting this information out to you personally, why is it important? Well, because I'm, I'm an American and the Bill of Rights protects our rights and the Second Amendment um, has a very specific purpose when all else fails if free speech doesn't get you there and if um if the normal constitution is overturned i mean our forefathers fought a revolution to overthrow tyranny and it so we have principles of liberty that um many of us were, were brought up to believe in and our we value our constitution and our bill of rights this is a fight worth fighting there's there's so many people lawyers and academics who um, talk about the First Amendment, uh, although it's getting unpopular nowadays in the last few years, the First Amendment is no longer popular (laughs) on campuses. um, Well, plus you wanted to be on Gun Owners Radio, too. (laughs) That's why I wrote the book. That was the main reason. See, where do we find the book? Where do people, what's the name of the book and where where should people go to to buy it? America's Rifle, the page for the R15, you can get it on Amazon or you can get it any other any other way. It's on Kindle and paperback. America's Rifle, the case for the AR-15. You can get it on Amazon or wherever, wherever fine books are sold. You won't find it at the airport. <laughs>
just thought, just thought I'd throw that out there. Hey, yeah. great yeah. talking to you. Can't wait till you bring out your next book. Okay, guys. Good to talk to you again. All right. Take Merry care. Christmas. Thank you. All right. Merry- we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a whole lot more right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. <laughs> You're going to blow a pump here one of these days. Right, he's, he's ready. He's always ready. Yeah. Better it's, than, it's are you ready for his ready. He's readier than you're ready. He's usually readier than I'm ready. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day. We're super close to the ocean, the desert, the mountains. It's awesome. And that's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in sunny San Diego right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is super easy. Call them at 858-569-1822. Learn to fly at San Diego FTI, and they will help you out. Or just call them at 858-569-1822. All right. We got Heather Hawk on the line, hopefully. Heather, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Sure can. Orange County Gun Owners Christmas Party recap. Tell us, what'd you win? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't win anything. I was giving it away. (laughs) Did Mike win anything? Because he's been pouting. I didn't win anything. I knew it. I I never win anything. He's pouting. He's been (laughs) pouting all night. Oh, well, it was it was a good time we had, had up here. Um, we had about a little over 50 people show up for a party. Wow. Um, and we had um, we even had an Inland Empire member come at a, a very, very strange just coincidence. He was at a party at the same place. So <laughs> and he was a Santa. So. Yeah, he's dressed as Santa. I'm walking in. Yeah. He walks up to me. I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? He goes, are you doing some kind of gun thing here or something? I was like, well, yeah, it's the Orange County Christmas party. And he goes, oh, well, wow, what a coincidence. So did you so have to like, take your Christmas suit off? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, no. He, well, he was wearing his Santa suit. He was well, literally dressed said, like a Santa. Did you have to take yours off? No, no, no. I might, mine's permanent. But uh, anyway, he was so happy. He was like, oh, this is great. But I was like, oh, is this totally a coincidence? He said, yeah, it was awesome. So we had a Santa. At her. We actually had two Santas, didn't we, Heather? Two Santas, yeah. Mark Graves is one of our board members. He is also a Santa as well. You know, you might want to think about that as a side job. They're spending a lot of money on Santas this year. Being a Santa, yeah, believe it or not, seriously, like seven grand. Look at you! Look who's talking. You should. You see, I got the beard. I'm working on it. Yeah, next year I'm there. You should be more Santa. I'll be your elf. You're Santa. (laughs) I'll be your elf. Good lord. Dave and the leggings and bells and issues. Sounds like like a leotards. Seven grand for a Santa. Yeah. Wait, I think I'm growing my beard. Seems high. Up. all got in the wrong business here. <laughs> yeah, really. So it was that. Where was what was the location? It was beautiful. Yeah, it was Taps Brewery and Barrel Room in Tustin, off of Red Hill. Um, beautiful brewery. It's an it's an actual working brewery. So they have um, a night, really nice patio outside for outdoor activities with heaters and everything for the winter. And then mm-hmm. they have the really nice tasting room that has the has a, a beautiful um, bar in it. And then in the back is their barrel. 
Um, so they've got all the aged, um, the brews, the barrels back in there. And um, they have parties back in that room. So that's where I saw it. And it was a beautiful, perfect place to have a Christmas party. So Yeah, big shout out to Vanessa and Jana, right? Is that who helped us yes. out? Yes. They both yep, we, Vanessa and Jana. They were super helpful. They were wonderful. The food was mm-hmm. good. The people you were, were there. happy. I was there, yeah. I was there. What'd you like about it, Heather? What 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 went well? What did what, what were some of the uh, feedback you got? Um, well, I, everyone seemed to. I, had, I actually had no complaints that I heard, which is awesome. Um, but everyone seemed to really enjoy you know, the food, the drinks, um, the just the the company and the camaraderie too. But we had some we had some fun little game breaks. We had an ugly sweater competition. We had to have I think it was like ten people that really got into that. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then we also did a white elephant. I did a little different play on that where instead of drawing numbers and doing the steals, we were all in a circle and I read the night before Christmas. And every time you say the word, the, you have to pass to your right. So we have no idea what you're going to get, <laughs> but whatever you get stuck with at the end is what you get. So you, you catch that super Dave. So, yeah, I did. Uh, I lost that game. Uh, but it seems to me, <laughs> doesn't it? There's no way to lose. Yeah, you can. All right. But doesn't it look, doesn't, wouldn't you kind of agree? I mean, I know you probably want to get a big, massive party, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of people. But isn't that intimacy of a smaller group kind of cool? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. You get to, you just see people yeah. that, that maybe you know, some people you haven't seen and kind of chat. We had it broken into tables of six throughout mm. so people could sit and chat a little bit. And then there were also some standing bar tables in the mm. middle so you could get up and talk. And, um, you know, everybody was kind of moving around the room, just catching up. So it was really nice to have. And I mean, the room was perfect size for that yeah. kind of size of group. So. Because you, you know you're going to grow. You know you're going to grow. I mean, that's what happened yeah. with Michael and San Diego County gun owners. You know, he started off nice and intimate and small. Now he needs a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because I'm lazy. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Hey, Heather, I got a we question won. for you. Uh-oh. Sure. Hold on a second. I might have an a- answer. Action oh, Jackson. Here it comes. Action Jackson's got a question for you. What's your question, Action Jackson? Uh, what's your favorite gun? Good question. Good question. Ooh, that's so, I got to pick just one? That's oh. what everybody says. That's what everybody <laughs> says. Yes. <laughs> no, it's so hard. You guys must have um, met at the tap house. <laughs> I guess my favorite, I guess, is my Springfield 1911-45 uh, Marine Corps operator. Oh. I love that gun. The MC. Very <laughs> nice. serious. Yeah. It that's is super nice. That's my nice gun. <laughs> I'm not a. I, I don't own a 1911. Um, not yet. I'm not. Uh, I don't dislike them, but I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I don't. You know. But they're the MC. Um, I was looking at that, and then the TRP, both very similar, but both very very good guns. That's awesome. What made you get the? Uh, what made you get that? Uh, well, I, my actual my first gun I ever got was was their 1911, and it was the nine mil. And I, I, I love it too, but then I went and I shot a, a 45 1911 and I just, it, it, I don't know for me, it's, it's a big, he- nice, heavy gun and it just, yeah. you point it and it shoots and it goes where you want it. And I just, it felt great in my hand. And I was looking at the TRP too, and I kind of went back and forth, but I just liked the, the design and the look, I mean, they're similar, but I just like the look of the their Marine Corps operator. And it's the, the California compliant one's a little bit different than the current one, but it's just, it's got that green to it. And it's just, I don't know, there's something about it. <laughs> all right. Did you get all that action, Jackson? 
I sure did. What do you, you think? Is you that a good one. choice? You want one now, right? Actually, kind of. Okay, under the tree. <laughs> okay, next time we're down there, we'll all go shooting. I'll bring it so you can shoot it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. You, know, you don't want to embarrass. They're actually nineteen elevens are actually um, kids. Good. He shoots a Glock. Nineteen um, elevens are actually good for little little action Jackson hands because uh, mm-hmm. it's a single stack. You can grip it. You know, uh, you might like it. You think Jackson? so? Action. Actually, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, upon further analysis, yes. After it went from it. yes to actually yes, yes yeah. to really yes. <laughs> well, Heather, that's awesome. You did a great job. I thought that that party was fun. Um, I thought that it was uh, it was very uh, gun owners, but then it had a big dose of Heather because Heather's <laughs> Heather's got a ton of personality. And I loved the uh, the white elephant uh, gift exchange, and then the 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 play on that. Did you the, win? No, I didn't win. That's why I didn't win anything. I didn't win anything. <laughs> the um, uh, it was all very very cool. Congratulations on this is your first Christmas party. When's the next one? <laughs> Easter. <laughs> Let's see. We'll have, we'll have an un-Christmas party or something. We did forget to talk about the raffle too. We had a big raffle at the end. Um, we had a lot of good donors too. We had um, a one-year membership to FT3 in Stanton, California. Nice. Um, a one-year membership to um, On Target in Laguna Niguel. So there's two two gun ranges in Orange County. We had we had a lot of training, which I really love. We yeah. had um, Apex, a- Apex donated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had firearms training training associates um, in Yorba Linda and Corona. They donated um, for different trainings, and they were for two people. Um, Artemis Defense in Lake Forest. They also donated uh, two one hour class one, privates for two people. Um, Armstrong Arms too in uh, Gunsmith. They did a gun cleaning and also a site installation. Um, and then our Santa Mark's Graves donated some ammo, and uh, oh, the right. Mills family also donated a beautiful cornhole game that was custom made with a custom American flag on it. So it was, I, I love and the really odds nice. to win are excellent, and uh-huh. you didn't win. Yeah. You didn't buy any tickets. You have to buy raffle tickets. Did you buy a raffle ticket? No way. Up a t- what do you mean? The um, uh, I love that Santa brought ammo. That's so. Well, of yes. course. <laughs> what else you want under the tree? Well, that's awesome, Heather. Congratulations. Looking yeah. forward to Orange County uh, blowing it away in 2023. Um, you signed up some members last night too. You're doing a fantastic job. So proud of you guys. Uh, thanks for coming on the mm-hmm. show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Well, actually, you're you're, you're coming to San Diego's Christmas party tomorrow, right? Yes, I will Ooh. be there tomorrow night. So fantastic! Right. Do you want me to wear my my same sweater? Yes, Griswold on it. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Loved it. All right, all right. We look forward to seeing you. All right, thank you guys. Thank you for having me on. Uh-oh. Take care. Hold on, great. A hey, no, hey, real quick, everybody. Uh, thanks, Heather. Nice talking to you. Fantastic um, job. Yes. Everybody listening, go to gunownersradio.com. Where we now have merchandise. You can get hats, shirts. Uh, I think sweaters. Um, I don't know. Orgyle socks. I don't know. There's all kinds of cool. Argyle socks. Yeah, oh yeah. Cool. With our logo on it. Absolutely. So the uh um you can get all kinds of merchandise if you go to gunownersradio.com, click on the little merchandise tab and you can Flannel get underwear. some merchandise. But check it out. Go buy some merchandise. Go buy some gun owners radio merchandise. And come to the party tomorrow if you get it quick enough, said Michael will autograph it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Or either over action Jackson will. He's always got a crayon in his pocket. 
Will you right do that? Here. Yeah, you got a crayon, right? Uh, actually, a Sharpie. Oh, oh. See, he's ready for an autograph. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 70. The answer. Inland Empire Gun Owner strives to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. Become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsibly gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment rights. That's iegunowners.com slash join. So don't forget to go to Gun Owners Radio um, to get merchandise, all kinds of cool stuff. Join our our um, mail list, our email list, and uh, get some merchandise and wear your Gun Owners Radio logo loud and proud. Um, also, if you sign up for our email list, you might win something. We I have got, a winner. I just got a message. I see that. I just got a message that last week's winner was so excited. He was from Orange County. Yeah. Last week's winner was... Uh, 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 Albert Garcia, he won the drawing last week and was so excited because he said he never wins anything. We made his day. We know Isn't somebody. That nice? We know somebody just like that. I know. <laughs> well, it's just nice that occasionally we make somebody happy. Yeah, it's even nicer that he responded and said thank you. It's true. Or is that a well, reminder? Is, uh, or is, is that a reminder to send the gift? No, no. This was somebody who knows him was reached out to uh, say thanks. He's still this stock. week's winner. I hope I say this name. I'm not going to say this name right. Is it Tisha? That looks yeah, right. Tisha. Tisha Russo. Tisha Russo. Woo-hoo. For joining the email newsletter at gunownersradio.com slash subscribe, you are the Gun Owners Radio prize package winner this week. Congratulations. Fantastic job. Um, don't forget tomorrow night, San Diego County Gun Owners are having a Christmas party at Bally High. Doors open at 530 Everyone's invited. Don't have to RSVP. Free to get in. Um, we'll have some more d'oeuvres for as long as they last, and then you can purchase. Uh, you like my little disclaimer there, Dave? Yeah, get there before last, Mike's. That's right. That's right. No complaining. You if and Action Jackson, they'll scarf those things down like. No coming to a free event and then complaining. Yeah, you didn't get you're anything. not getting anything for free. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got all kinds of cool giveaways. Uh, it'll be a really good time. Really, truly hoping that everybody comes and has a good time. It's a. Uh, Probably one of the last Christmas parties of the season, right? I mean, Christmas is like a week away, isn't it? Yeah. So, anyway. Can't believe it. All right, everybody. Oh, well, what's with Johnny B? He's, uh, uh. What is that? That's a bar over I, in La Mesa. No, Johnny B's on uh, YouTube. He was going to call in. He's not going to call in, oh. unfortunately. We'll have to talk and to him isn't, isn't Mary Davis in the room with us? She's, well, that's where we're going. Exactly that's right. That's not what it says. It says, call in guest. Well, I. Say, so go out in the hall. Action Jack. <laughs> 
Action Jackson puts against. He's uh, the one that puts he the put, agenda. He put together. the agenda. Yes. Action. Sometimes I feel like I have another not. donut hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he does. Mary Davis, how are you? I'm doing great. It was good to see you the other night. It was. It's most nice having you on. You've been on the show before, and you are a. Uh, I think we were we were we were describing you earlier as a San Diego County Board of Supervisor watchdog, which I think is. Uh, I, I got to tell you, it. it's so awesome of you to do that. Yeah. Did, did you get a Christmas card from Nathan? Not yet. I think it's in the mail. No. I think it is. Too. So, what inspired you to be the uh, the uh, thorn, the much needed thorn in their in their side? Yeah, you know, I got originally involved with uh, Reopen San Diego and monitoring, and so that's where it led. They were in charge of the health decisions and the purse strings. But the more I started monitoring and seeing, the more I thought, oh, there's a lot of nonsense that goes on here, you know? There and, is a lot of – I think that I think, should be their motto. <laughs> yeah, the chamber of nonsense. But uh, so inconsistencies, and then they justify whatever they want to do. And so when I uh, saw from your email, and uh, I was familiar, they were going to do the listening sessions, which – Sounds so close to a struggle session, right? But uh, it's a listening session. And so I thought, oh, I got to see what's going on. Got to go see what's going on there. But before we, so talk about some, and I got to tell you, so the the makeup of the board has changed. It it was five Republicans, I'm making air quotes, five Republicans for like 30 years, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and I don't mean, I mean, it was like the same five for a long time. Um, And then uh, now it's uh, three Democrats. Two Republicans uh, that you know they had uh, uh, term limits, um, which honestly I'm not. A, that's a whole other. I'm not a big fan of term limits, but we'll move on. They had term limits. Um, Nathan Fletcher. Everybody hates that guy. He's running for state senator. Um, but I got to tell you, it's not like it was a whole lot better a few years ago. It's just a whole lot quieter. No one really paid attention to the county board. But they weren't all that great back when it was five Republicans. Pam Slater Price was, I mean, it was it was wasn't that great. I mean, some of them were good. And they made some some good decisions, but uh, the county board's never really been all that great. They have a lot of power. They have a lot of money, um, and uh, I think that uh, COVID and the shutdowns kind of put them front and center. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you're right about the money. I mean, it's an over a $7 billion budget. I mean, that's a lot of money. And I would like to actually see some audits come in for these programs. Because if you just look at the state of California, how I think it was $31 billion for the Employment Development Department, that they have uh, said that's a minimum for fraud, waste, and abuse. Uh, some of it went into these like prison scams and everything. And They don't do audits. You know, if we did, and I, I don't, here's the issue. When you said Democrats, it's really, it's much further left than that. It's progressives. So I think we really need to start identifying them as progressive Democrats, because I think there's a lot of independence that could sway the party to move a little bit more mm-hmm. centrist into common sense for the public good. And Yeah, but they're getting away with it. So why move? Yeah, they are getting away Much with as it. I hate to say I it. think this will be a wake up year about the mileage tax because people think that like it went away. It's no, it's just hibernating right now. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna be a big issue for people. They're already taking away your street parking and wanting you on bicycles and you know, mm-hmm. so now they wanna start charging you a local mileage tax, a state mileage tax, and now there's even talk about a national mile mileage tax. And this is all under the auspices of getting you to quote drive less. Um, and so that's what gets me is like people aren't, aren't really awake as to what the real reason, because well, you could just charge a registration fee, but, right? There are many ways to get the money back. But Mary, don't you think the amount of fuel we pay for would be a deterrent 
to drive slower or less? Uh, I, I mean, guess at some point, but to me, like, remember at 16, the car, that's freedom, man. I mean, the minute you got those keys, you yeah. could go where you want. Well, my fuel bill last month for mm-hmm. me and my wife was nine seventy two. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I can cut that in half, you don't need to tax my mileage. I would do it if I didn't have things that I have to do. So all they're doing is penalizing you. They're not helping no, they're not helping. And so that part of the, how are they going to tax us too? So well, how are they going to regulate it? Are they going to come and put a, a meter on your car? That's the thing. It's it's always some <clears> nebulous <throat> to be determined, you right? You borrow and, a Rottweiler that will put it in your car when they come to go to put it in there? Guaranteed it won't happen. They were looking at what they call, so uh, smog checks or, you know, self-reporting. and But it's actually, t- they call it smart telemetry. And so that they would actually possibly put a tracker in your car or have it, you know, um, you know another way they do it? My insurance company, and I have the best mm-hmm. agent on the planet. She is an absolute sweetheart. She sends me a text. She goes, hey, you know the 68 Plymouth wagon that's sitting in your front driveway? Well, the state has decided that you went 10,000 miles last year. I said, I haven't even started it. So they're actually putting mileage into your insurance policy Without you knowing about it, mm-hmm. and if you don't say or do something or speak up or speak up, your rates will go up, and they'll use that as a gauge. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, because what some of the people too, I hope they get a little bit smarter because some things that are done for our convenience frequently are really for somebody else's benefit. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about oh, get that you know five percent discount on your insurance. Just put this app on your phone. We'll start tracking you. Oh, and they'll uh, give you fifty dollars. Yeah, or you know some type so of T-shirt excited. or something. Yeah, and and so it's interesting that people don't realize those apps are aren't really for your benefit for their for the industry, and you're mm-hmm. just kind of being played for a sucker. To so, so to be a watchdog, because all this, I mean, people don't know this is going on. They don't know no. about the mileage tax. They didn't, you know, the listening sessions, all this other stuff. You, you know about it. When we get back, I want to, I want to talk to you about, you know, how much time do you spend? Like, what, what do you do to stay connected with the county board? Okay. Okay. Terrific. And how difficult is it to stay connected? It's so easy that Alicia can do it with me next time. Whoa! <laughs> right on. Two blondes in the same job. I'm looking forward to that. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome. Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, you know, a lot of companies are really unhappy with their websites. They look old, they're out of date, and they just aren't getting any customers. Have I got a fix for you? Sage Tree gets it. Since 2005, Sage Tree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact Sage Tree today to get a website that makes the phone ring. Getting started is super easy. Call 866-728-9100, 866-728-9100, and fix your website today. Was that your choice of songs? 
No, it's like no, it's like some rock and roll yeah. uh, Christmas. Yeah, I know. I like it. Situation. I like it too. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I thought for the holiday season. Good job, and, Brendan. You know, thank you. It's very nice, Brendan. My ears are bleeding. It's better than. Oh, uh, are you kidding me, Dave? Stop it! Hey, and quit blowing your nose. <laughs> who who invited the Grinch on on the show today? I'm getting ready for next Sunday. Don't Arr. worry. At the end of the sh- uh, remember at the end of the story, he, his heart grows like. Ten times as Aww. much, so uh, I, I believe in you, Dave. I think tonight yeah, uh, Dave's going to get visited by three ghosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a sneaky feeling. Are you kidding? Don't even say that. Maybe those ghosts are friendly. Maybe not, or maybe they're Grinchy like the Grinch. Oh, uh, you like words. the Grinch? Uh, yes, I do too. Which I'm version? A, I'm going to get a T-shirt with mm. a great big Grinch. Guy. <laughs> Is it going to have Max on it? Nope, just a Grinch. You want one? Maybe. What do you what do you wear? A size too small? Uh what was it? Men's small. Men's small? You can't get into a men's you're in a men's that's like a car cover. <laughs> if I order one, I'll get you one too. Oh, and then we'll get Mike one. I wear a men's medium. Yes, you do. <laughs> Extra medium. medium. Yeah. All right. So we're talking to Mary. Mary, we were talking about that how what a great job you're doing. It doesn't say we're talking to her anymore. On what's that? I know. It doesn't we're say skipping it. that. So we're we're doing a great job with the county board and uh you're keeping a, a an eye on the county board, which is awesome. And I, I know like it, this is just you're just doing it. You're not getting paid to do this. This isn't your job. You're just doing this because you care. And are you by yourself doing this or do you have a team? I'm pretty much by myself, but it's like this breadcrumb trail. Like when you notice one thing and then it takes you down to another. So now I'm actually even expanded and I'm going to Sandag. And then also I've started dipping into La Mesa and a a couple of other uh, uh, places because I see the changes that are coming and I'm trying to alert and wake up the citizens of what's coming their way, uh, whether infill, removal of parking. And my issue is they keep always using the term about regressive. Oh, well, we need the mileage tax because anything else is regressive. Aggressive. And what they don't realize is their uh, infill development is regressive because you don't see the people in Rancho Santa Fe getting their street parking taken away or anything like that. All oh. the negative ramifications come on the back of the masses. And so I'm trying to wake people up to that. And uh, but so, I, how do you, so, how do you, so how do you do that? Like, what do you, what's your routine? What do you look at? How do you follow the county board? So they put out, you can go and find out what their calendar is, and then they will put out their agenda only usually five days beforehand. They have to legally do it 72 hours. Um, Mm. Yeah, so it usually comes out on uh, Thursday, but sometimes they'll do it on a Wednesday. And then they will put like a a final one on Friday, and then the meeting is on Tuesday. Mm. And that's the main meeting, and then they have a land. And I encourage people, start paying attention to the land use meetings on Wednesday because that's where a lot of the development decisions like they just uh, Newland Sierra up in North County, they just took that uh, uh, away. What is that? Uh, uh, Newland Sierra. It was supposed to be a big development, and that's the other thing too. These politicians, they talk out of both sides of their mouth because, it, like, they they celebrate that Newland Sierra. It, it was a big development that was going to go up in North County, no, like north of Deer Springs Road. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, they ended up not doing it, and they lauded, "Oh, what a great thing for the environment! It'll reduce sprawl." Well. Sprawl, well, it's really kind of the golden door <laughs> and their rich clientele. Again, the, the price of the masses, we won't have affordable housing, but the golden door will have a nice buffer space 
as habitat, which is actually a sound barrier to keep their pristine pris- uh, elite. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So I, I, you know, jerks. And then, the, yeah. And then they <laughs> sit there and say, oh, we need affordable housing. Oh, good job. We do, we're not going to build this house. That, that's like, like the ultimate NIMBY move right, right. there. It, and then they come cow. to Alpine mm-hmm. and start building low income houses mm-hmm. without telling us. Yeah. 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 That was another whole thing, too. And then making the project bigger because it's of like the we parameters. Go, the hell are all those roofs over there? What are they doing? And then you have to physically go dig in, and then it's too late. Yeah, and that's the thing too is I call it death by data because people we we right. don't have the information there. They put out like Sandag will put out these thousand page reports, and it's up to you to dig through it and find it. So uh, that's just one way they operate. So what's the most what's what's something you? And then I want to talk about the listening sessions because mm-hmm. you had a, uh, you were there and have a very unique uh, and she listened uh, and she listened and she was listened to and I thought you did a great job. Um, what's what's the most interesting find? You know, like or not necessarily like something you dug up. But what's something you've learned? Something you've discovered? Something that surprised you? Uh, they will get away with whatever we allow them to get away mm-hmm. with, you know. And so I go back to that October 5th, 21, with a vaccine mandate for new hires. And then I, I filed a Brown Act complaint, and they actually had to rescind their vote and then re-vote on it. But they do it just to see if anybody was paying, paying attention. attention. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am paying attention. But the whole I didn't know at first, and now I'm learning the rules as we go along. But so, for example, in La Mesa, I, they had an issue where a councilman was going to go on a trip, a very partisan trip, and it was going to be reimbursed. And so he, so I asked for the policy. Where's the policy on that? Well, he was supposed to put in the reimbursement request three meetings beforehand. Mm. He did it the meeting before. And so I saw a policy violation. And then I also asked him to change your policy because I don't think that the taxpayer should pay for partisan training. If everybody up on that dais of any political persuasion can't go to that training or seminar, then the taxpayer shouldn't pay it. It's more like candidate training. Wait, this is in La Mesa. This is the city of La Mesa. So you look after their city council too. That's the rabbit, tr- the, you know, uh, the, Mr. the rabbit <laughs> hole. Mr. Yeah. Schwartz. Are you from La Mesa? Uh, I, I have a PO box in La Mesa, okay. and right. I do I'm business in La Mesa, and they get federal tax dollars, and I'm a federal taxpayer. Well, so hey, La Mesa hey, opened hey, themselves hey, up. We La Mesa have did open to give her a weekly segment. Yeah, really. So <laughs> what? Seriously, but I'm, my, I guess my question is. Is La Mesa the only other city you look after, or you look at other other cities? Like, uh, what was your interest you in La Mesa? You don't have many hours in a day. Uh, yeah, it's time-consuming, but my issue is, you know, and you, I hate the word democracy being weaponized because it means so many things to different people, right? right. You, but my issue is somebody in Lexington and Concord fought and died on that battlefield and I'm not going to be asleep at the wheel and right. hand that and let somebody take territory. Right. We need to defend, and we need our Constitution is precious. How long have you been doing this? Uh, for about a, now a little over a year. So now they know you. They do know me, and I I, I call it um, lumberjack activism. So the <laughs> issue, well, because when I first started, I was a Viking activist, meaning that like axe throwing, I just hurled tyrant bodily autonomy, and and nothing really ever changed. Nope. And then once I started like looking at the rules and there really finding what the chinks in the armor were, and I made a lumberjack looks at the tree, knows where to strike, makes that strike, and takes. 
takes a tree down. Good and I, I take a great delight that uh, there's an old, there's a set of three murals in the Board of Supervisors. And one is actually, ironically, uh, somebody cutting a tree down. And I feel like that's a divine intervention, you know, for lumberjack You should activism. wear Levi's, a red and black plaid <laughs> shirt, and uh-huh. a lumberjack hat. When you come walking in, they go, oh, Jesus, she is. No, I actually wear a shirt that says yay on one side and boo on the other because they won't let us clap. They've taken away that right. And that's what I'm talking about, <clears throat> that you can clap at the beginning for their proclamations that they put forth. But when it comes time that they say that clapping is actually uh, disruptive and intimidating and blah, blah, blah. Aww. And so they've, I, I've, tried, I've advocated a long time to try to get them to do uh, responsive clapping as allowed, uh, polite responsive clapping. Yeah, they little, won't even do that. Yeah. Here, but, a little, I'll tell you, here's like golf claps. That do a little yeah, golf, like golf know, clap. Just regular <laughs> clap. Like we, we can do it at the beginning of the meeting for their dog and pony show, for their proclamations. Yeah. If I like what a speaker says, then I should be able to clap. There you go. So one of the, I'll tell you, one of the things I think people would find surprising is uh, Tara Lawson-Ramer. She, she's the supervisor for like Coastal North. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people realize just how extreme and weird she is. She's bizarre. Um, and she has an ex- a very ex- extremist views. She has a very odd past. Um, and I don't think people, I don't like Nathan at all. I, the guy's no, a jerk. He no. should be nowhere near power. I don't think people realize he's, he's, he's kind of a buffer between just how weird she is. I think he kind of tamps her down a little bit, not publicly, but I think that, and she's about to be the, the chair no, that's Nora. That's oh, Nora's the, the that's right. Yeah, but but I think uh, what I was thinking is she's going to probably be the chair for a year, and then and then Tara's going to be the chair possibly next because she's going to be up for re-election here. Mm-hmm. So within the I'd say within the next three or four years or whatever, if they go by tradition, she's going to be the chair. And and Nathan's so busy running for uh, state senate. Mm-hmm. I, I, I what I'm saying is as much as we all rightfully uh, hate Nathan, we should. He's very hateable. Uh, Tara's way worse, way worse fundamentally, yeah, uh, she's philosophically. Very, she's very much a progressive. And, and the thing is, though, for, I don't think she'll ever be chair because you actually have to show up and stay for all the meetings. And, and she all, she, I shouldn't say always, cause I don't like, uh, you know, superlatives, but she, she frequently leaves early. She frequently arrives right late. She teleconferences or she misses the Wednesday meetings. So if somebody was like uh, wanting to look at her just for job performance, I would say pay attention to what she shows up for and what she doesn't show up. My next is going to be a public records request into her attendance for all her subcommittees Mm. because I have a feeling that as bad as her attendance record is at the main board, it's going to only be worse for her committee meetings. I know Sandag, she was frequently absent, and she was the assigned representative there. What, what, I wonder what she's, what is she doing? That's her friggin' job is to show up. Like, uh, what is she up to? You know, I don't, I, I don't know. I have some, but I, I will not bring people's family into politics. So, that, you know, I respect that boundary. So, right. but that, that could be an, an issue. Kind of family that, issue. It, it, an excuse anyway. Right, well. So, well, okay. So we actually, we've been running, we, we actually, we ran long because you're su- such a great guest. So here's what we're going to do. We got to go to a, um, a break again, but then I, then we're going to come back and talk about the listening oh, session. She has to start coming in all the at time. least once a month. There you go. I so, mean, because well, your information, where's your other voice? I have a website, political911.com. You have a lot of people it, on it? Yeah, probably not. You know, I, I, I don't really keep track of the boundaries. We need, we need to help you, you because do you help. cannot do this on your own. No, I need And Michael doesn't do anything during the week. 
So you, he could be your driver. He's at the range. But if we dress him up like a lumberjack, just think how That's what I do look. during the week. I dress up like a I know, like a lumberjack. All right, let's take a quick break. Are you ready? This is Gun Owners Radio. Double Mike FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right. Oh, got to ch- change the page. I got so freaked out. Turn the Mary. page, Dave. Wow, Mary got me so excited over here. Is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker no. that's 100 pounds bigger? Well, that's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's free. To sign up, go to notmesd.org. The program is also available in Orange County and Inland Empire. Get help today. Notmesd.org. All right. So we're talking to Mary. Uh, fantastic job, Mary. I really, truly, we're talking to you off air and uh, I can't tell you how much uh, we're all appreciative and, and respect the work that you do. Thank you very, very much. So you went to the listening session. For, had you heard about it? Do you remember when they talked about it on, at the, at, at the, on the dais? Uh, yes. Yeah, so it was a June 14th meeting is when they did that. That's the same meeting where they snuck in at the last minute with the amenda, uh, amendment for distributors, yep. marketers, and sellers. Yep, remember and that. this was part of this process. And I, I mentioned it in my comments, but I'm very familiar with how they operate. They call something a crisis and then they make a working group or a commission mm-hmm. and usually with stakeholders of their choosing. And I think it's very interesting because for this group, if you look at the the stakeholders, there's probably eight or 10 p- different groups on here, but I don't see anything that's a pro 2A or nope. gun rights or, and the other thing, they don't keep defensive gun, um, DGU, defensive gun use statistics. Nope. So like tell both sides of the story. The other thing I noticed how they operate is how they word the agenda item. So they titled it stemming the tide of gun violence. So if you are in opposition, you're really pro two rights. But if you're in opposition, so, oh, you're against stemming gun violence. Yeah. And yeah, so the, it's like a loaded question. Do you still beat your wife, right? They know yeah. how to write them right. They that's absolutely it. do. But that's part of the strategy. Yeah. What? So what, what did you think of the listening session? Uh, I thought it was, you know, very going through the motions. And yeah. so I don't know if you're familiar with, there's a um, Potemkin village and it's named after a, a Russian or Crimean officer who was trying to impress Cat- Catherine the Great. And so he would set up, she was going down the Dnieper River in the Crimean re- region and she in Ukraine. And she ended up uh, going on a barge and every day he would set up this false village. This is how the story goes. And it was one, like a storefront, like a Hollywood set. 
And so you look up there and it looks and you would have actors, you know, playing villagers. And then the barge would go downstream and dock for the night and they would disassemble the village and take it further down and, you know, recreate a new village to make it look like a thriving region. And so Potemkin, I call it Potemkin politics. It's it's a word that means that it's uh, creating something more than it really is. Interesting. And so I look at Potemkin politics for democracy. They're giving us this illusion that we're involved. And by that, oh, we, we let you speak publicly beforehand. By the time we're speaking at the meeting, they've already decided. They're, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, they throw us breadcrumbs of democracy, crumbs that, you know, here, see, we're following the rules. And it's like, but you're, you're not really. You're just giving the appearance of democracy. And I would change that Potemkin thing to Blazing Saddles. Because <laughs> they had facades, uh-huh. you know, the same thing. And they'll probably get that. That is just... Well, you know, I think we all know this goes on, mm-hmm. but we just haven't brought it. To, we haven't brought it to the surface. No, we haven't brought it to the surface, and that's the thing. They they usually will follow the rules to some degree, and then they waver a little bit and see if anybody notices. Yeah. And then if somebody notices, that's why. Okay. They then they get back, back in. in line. Exactly. They pull back and then you know let it go and. So see. you're the traffic cop. I am the traffic cop, the watchdog. That I call myself now the constitutional referee because my <laughs> husband says throw, when you know people throw the BS flag. So like I'm going to throw the flag that you know you're not following the rules. Or, Wouldn't that be something if you took it to a meeting and had a BS? Flag? I've actually thought about taking a little customer service bell because they all sit there. I shouldn't say all of them, most of them stare down at their phones the whole time. And this is supposed to be our when we the people speak, right? And they stare down at their phones. Bang! And say, Ding! Customer service. So I'm better yet. Attention, yeah. attention. Uh, excuse me. Put your phones down. <laughs> I got to tell you, that is one thing. The the five prior, uh, you know, Ron Roberts and, and all those guys, um, gave you their undivided attention. Right. When you were up there talking. Because they, they didn't have cell phones. Attention. Well, yeah, that's true. Maybe that's why. So, Maybe that's the only reason. That's the only reason. Because, like, I go into other chambers. Even Sandag is very respectful. La Mesa, I was just at. They all give you their un- undivided attention. And here's a, a little activist tip: is if somebody does something positive, acknowledge it and thank them for it. Mm-hmm. So I always start out: thank you for you know your respectful paying attention. And uh, the city of San Diego is pretty good, but the board of supervisors but they are the most discourteous. What would you do, or what would they do if you say, "Excuse me, before I start, could you please all put." your phones down i've done that many yeah, times and they continue that, yeah. to and who, tara is the worst and they tara just ignore and Nora's, you nora's not so the big good thing about nora becoming this the um chairperson now uh, is that she's going to have to pay attention the whole meeting tara is right? or nora is uh, i'm nora. sorry nora nora's nora, gonna yeah, nora's gonna mm-hmm. have to pay yeah, you know what i you know what i call people who uh who are fans of of tara what like people that follow her got her elected uh-huh terrorists they're terrorists yeah. so um the, the, the in the listening session um you you were how do you think it went as far as listening sessions do you you know do you, as as predicted or do you, or what do you think uh, I think it went predict- as predicted as I was happy with the turnout. So I a lot of kudos for that, for rallying the troops and getting people activated to show up. And I am curious, though, how it will play out, what comments actually will make it into the report and what is the ratio of yeah. those comments, right? And then uh, the other issue with it, what I've found, they use this data-driven approach. And so... Uh, as I've started researching, I'm thinking like, well, you know, in the tobacco industry, there was a huge thing where they would create these organizations 
to come up with research right. that fit their narrative. So I'm kind of curious now that the count does that does that conflict of interest for industry related research carry over to government fund research? I, I've only done a little bit of research on the consulting firm that mm-hmm. uh, that they used, but it was crystal clear that, that it was extremely biased. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you could even see it, the lady that was passing around the microphone and letting people speak, um, you know, the, the, there were literally six anti-gun people to like 100 pro, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Yeah. And when the six were speaking, she's nodding her head, you know, in a great mm-hmm. kind of subconscious. You, you, she, I don't even think she realized it, but right. she's kind of, and you know, and, and anybody that disagreed, if they'd go off the the obvious narrative mm-hmm. that they were trying mm-hmm. to push- mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of just, you know, it, it, it was Glazed very over. obvious, very obvious. That's probably why they're going to do an audio <laughs> record instead of the video record, right, to show her these <laughs> real reactions. Because body language is powerful, you know, and mm-hmm. people don't realize the subconscious uh, decisions. Like and that. there was a – the whole – all all, uh, all six, there was a very diverse group of, of, of people. Um, you know, and, and uh, right before the show, I actually interviewed a guy who's a grief counselor. And we met him at uh, Rich met him at one of the uh, uh, we had him. I interviewed him for a Magnum episode that'll be out in about a week or two. And we he, Rich met him at one of the listening sessions. He's a grief counselor. Came from you know bad neighborhood. He's helping his neighborhood. He's you know really great guy. Um, pro gun. He's a gun owner. You know pro Second Amendment. And uh, um, I, I don't the, the thing that we talked about was if they hadn't made this thing whatever they're trying to accomplish. You know they decided to call it gun violence. Which we think is because uh, they'll get some grants, like that'll lead to money. People, you know, that'll mm-hmm. give them money for this. But they, the problem they're trying to solve, you know, the the crime problem they're trying to solve, they could get a lot more support. I mean, they could get 90 percent of people out there to support what they're trying to do if they'd stop with the buzzwords like gun violence and stop mm-hmm. being, you know, these these divisive, uh, uh, you know, tactics that they're using, which is, you know, really that's too- for the left. It's really for well, everybody, left, right, up, down, they all do. Oh, for them, for them, they're like, yeah. yeah. Well, it is. No, you're absolutely right. It's yeah. for their supporters. And you should have seen uh, some of the folks that, that showed up on our behalf mm-hmm. um, were familiar. They knew the six anti-gun folks. And you should have seen the look on their face like, oh, wait a minute. They're speaking, you know, against, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gun bans. You know, it was it was very, very interesting. I really do. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what their what their summary is. They're going to do like a summary in January, February, right? And then they're yeah. going to make some. Yeah, there's a timeline, and that's the thing. Like they again, it's this dynamic process. It gives the appearance of um, listening and taking into concerns from all sides, but it's it's very one sided. How often do they do it? Uh, the listening groups. I've never actually seen a listening session like this, and that's why I thought it was interesting the way they even. Okay, so this it. is the last one, then most likely. This was the last. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they yeah. won't do this again. Well, no. well, no, no, no. They, you mean listening sessions in general, or just on this subject? Well, even on this subject, or in general. Yeah. They so they had six of them, and the sixth one was last week. So they won't have any more for this. Well, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Do you think that they will do this again next year? No. Well, maybe on on future. I've seen them do. Uh, they, they usually call them town halls. Yeah, but see, they're starting to fill up with people that are in, getting involved, and they don't want that. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see. I don't know, but they uh, the 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 concept I think is 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 something that they'll uh, uh, that they'll do. There's actually uh, there's a a guy named Daniel Polk who's a part of it, um, and he actually encouraged people to reach out to him 
Um, and, uh, you know, if people basically you can still give feedback. So if you didn't want to give, um, information publicly, this guy, Daniel Polk will say, will, will actually take your feedback. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can get his information out there. Um, the email for him is on, hang on one second here. Can't. We're talking radio. No dead air. Yep. Okay. We'll keep going. I'll keep talking. Okay. I'll we'll say something real quick. One thing I will tell your listeners: whenever you are corresponding with a, an agency or government, you always make, or probably even for this, make sure you're only putting what is comfortable being displayed online. So a lot of times, those fields they'll ask for your phone number, your address. You don't have to fill those no, out, no, no. or live at one two three four Main Street like I do. Um, you know, and, well, I live and, there too. Yeah. So so the whole point is don't play their game. Don't give up your data. It will become public published online most likely right. or at least subpoenable or through a public records uh, not even subpoena they somebody asked for it and they get your info so this guy daniel polk we'll get his information out go to gunownersradio.com sign up for the newsletter go to san diego county gunowners.com sign up for our newsletter if you're a member you're going to get this information automatically orange county gunowners.com inland empire gunowners.com all four of these organizations are going to send out uh, mr polk's email so we can flood them with real suggestions one of the real suggestions that i'm going to push for is if you go to the county for a uh, uh, restraining order that you get fast tracked to get a ccw that's that's a real preventative measure for gun Absolutely. violence right Absolutely. so anyway so well, i like that yeah right so we're gonna we're going to see if we can, uh, you know, take this negative turn it into a positive. Well, Mary, thank you for everything you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Awesome All right, job. folks, this is Gut Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, a self-defense event happens in seconds. In the time it takes to listen to the commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense. But if you must, you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists. Because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you to discover more about the USCCA. Visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now because the life you save could, could be, your, be own. your own. USCCA.com slash G-O-R. Awesome. All right. Everybody's favorite segment. So my, my nephew. nephew. <laughs> uh, Sam is my nephew, Sam the Gunman, and we found out a few years ago this uh, this guy's really good at gun trivia. So, have you heard this guy, Mary? No. <laughs> You're in for it. He's awesome. He's uh, how old is he? I think he's like 23. Going on 20, 73. He's right? like, <laughs> and uh, he's been he's been doing this like four or five years. So he's been doing this since like 19. People send in a question. Um, he doesn't know the question in advance, and uh, we read it to him on the air, and he gets it right like nine out of ten times. Gives us a is there whole a prize. Yeah, oh yeah. There's a prize. Yeah. Um, if you're good, good seg or good segue. If we use your, if you send in a question, we use it on the air. We'll send you a hat or a shirt. If you actually stump my nephew, you'll get a special prize. Now in 2023, there are three gun proms going on. So 
the special prize may be a free ticket to one of the gun proms, depending on, on where you are, what you want. But we'll give you a special gift. Fortunately, I don't really have to have a lot of special gifts ready because no one stumps them. It's pretty nice. So, <laughs> All right, Sam, you there? Yeah, how are you guys? Good. First question, how old are you? 23, last I checked. All right, 23. Yep. Did you get that right, Alicia? Yeah. All right. But you get a hat on, or a shirt. Though. He, he's going on seventy six. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. All right, we're gonna we're gonna have Mary. You wanna? Well, you have the honor of asking him the the question there. Alicia will will show you how to how to do that. Okay. All right. Frederick from Riverside wants to know what feature makes the Boberg XR nine S unique. Frederick from beautiful Riverside. Well, uh, it might be beautiful. I don't know. I don't it know is. what it looks like. Okay. Frederick from beautiful Riverside, California. Thanks very much for writing in. Um, good question. The uh, Boberg series of pistols, they, they had the XR9S and the XR45S, and now they're sold as the Bond Arms Bullpup because Bond Arms acquired them, is a pistol with a very unique feeding system. It feeds kind of like a belt-fed machine gun. So whereas with, uh, with most pistols, you have... Um, the, the slide, as it's traveling forward, it pushes the round forward out of the magazine, up the feed ramp, and into the chamber. With the Boberg pistols, it worked, um, again, like a belt-fed machine gun with a pull-feed system. Um, as the slide was traveling to the rear at the beginning of its cycle, it would pull the fresh round out of the magazine, eject the spent casing, and then push the, uh, the next round up into uh, the chamber. And what this achieved is... The chamber could be directly over the magazine, which saves you one cartridge length um, in terms of space. So you can have a, a, the same length barrel in a shorter package. I'm sorry. That's absolutely not right. The uh, The feature that makes the Oops. Boberg XR9S unique is that it had a uh, compass in the stock in this thing, which tells time. So, In other words, you, you were right. <laughs> I was waiting for the chicken to drop down if he would have said the magic word, twin clawed lifting linkage. <laughs> I know. Okay, so now nah, he knew if he did that, it'd be over our heads, and it would be over. So you got it right here. I'm going to read. It's a little bit, uh, but here's what the, here's what the the, the answer provided is: the XR9S is a rotating barrel, locked breech, semi-automatic pistol, pistol chambered in nine uh, millimeter, feeding from a detachable seven-round magazine. The Boberg sets itself apart from other pocket pistols, not simply due to its impressively minuscule size, but also. It's strange operating method and magazine construction. First bullets are fed nose first into the magazine. When the slide comes back, a twin clawed lifting linkage grabs the rim of the top cartridge in the magazine and yanks it violently rearward uh, before pushing it forward into the chamber. With this design, the trigger is forward of the chamber and considered a bullpup pistol with a longer barrel that would be uh, expected for such a pistol. So you got it. You got it right. I don't know why you know that, but you know that. I don't know why you know any of this stuff, but you know all of it. Congratulations. Were you not impressed? I was impressed. Yeah. It's amazing. You didn't know that, Mary? I'm going to go and ask my husband. He's a gun expert, so that'll be a little... He doesn't know there's a test coming his way. <laughs> yeah, see what he knows about the old Boberg uh, XR9. Can I keep the answer, though? Because yeah. I will oh, yeah. remember Yeah, you just keep the whole paperwork. Put that in your file. Congratulations, Sam. Fantastic job. Have you ever seen one, Sam? Um, I have not seen one in person. They made a big splash at SHOT Show several years ago, but um, weren't manufactured in really huge numbers, I don't think. Uh, they didn't come out with that many new models. I just looked this thing up. 
It's pretty yeah. wild. It, 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 the The muzzle doesn't go much beyond the, the trigger guard. Take a look. It's basically the in the front the front end portion you of the trigger guard. That's the, the front end muzzle. And you wouldn't think that it would do everything that he said it would do in that configuration. No, it's interesting. The old Bullberg looks like an armored tank. Yeah, it does. Looks pretty cool. <laughs> and everything's inside. So tell us about your uh, your article that you wrote that came out this week on uh, San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, and Inland Empire gun owners. And Talk us in to go read it. There you go. Um, so I, I write these out of order and I don't remember which one I posted. Was this the, um, oh, this was the one about giving gifts, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, I, I wrote an article based on my personal experiences working behind the counter at a gun shop for about three and a half years now, a little more than that. Um, about, uh, the original title was guns make poor gifts. And it was about sort of why you shouldn't give someone a firearm as a gift. But really what it is is an instruction guide as to how you should go about doing that if you want to. And I'm not going to go into the whole thing because there's an article. If you want to know, just go read it. There you go. Um, yeah. But what I talk about is, so if you have a loved one, um, uh, usually, um, I, I hate to stereotype, but it's usually a man buying for a wife or a daughter or a girlfriend. Um, and if you're in that position and you want to buy your family member who's new to shooting, um, a, a handgun as a gift, because that's usually what it is. Um, these are the steps you need to go through. Don't just buy a random uh, handgun that you think would be would be good for for a woman and then be disappointed when when she can't handle it well or doesn't like it or whatever. Without yeah, a shadow good. of a doubt. It was perfect timing too, right? Right before yeah. Christmas. And so many exactly. so yeah. many men would do that. And then they send their wives to work with me to fix it. <laughs> exactly. And how many, ti how many times do you have to face that? A lot. Yeah. A I, lot. There's a lot of buyer's remorse, regret, I'll be the first to admit, yeah. I did it. I know. And I, it's yeah. a rule I, I never break because I tell people, men, never buy your wife or girlfriend a car. There's, there's a famous episode of The Simpsons where Homer bought Marge a bowling ball. <laughs> For her birthday, and she was so mad. She said, "You bought this for you. You didn't buy it for me." He said, "No, I did." Well, he actually had, uh, he had it uh, etched. Size no, no, etched. he had Homer written on it because he anticipating she was going to give it back. So, a good buddy of mine buys his wife a shotgun, a super nice Benelli, mm. and she's like, "I don't, I don't want this," and gives it to him. And so we nicknamed uh. it. We now call it the, it, the Homer. Well, it's we no call it Homer. I was like, "Did you actually write Homer on it?" He goes, "I swear, I was being sincere. I really wanted her to have it." Buddy, mine bought his wife an eighty thousand dollar Durango SRT when they first came out, yeah. all black, black interior. And I was there when he handed her the keys. Yeah, said, I don't want this. No. I'm not driving this thing. Gave him the keys back. Yoink! So now he it drove. worked. <laughs> well, there might be something. No, she was not a happy camper. I had a lot. Yeah, of but money. he kept it right. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I think he tried to, but I think she tried told him. Because I think she she ended up with a Tesla. I think it's harder the other way around. Ladies, do you do you ever get, you get anything for your husband that's actually for you? No, no. Oh no, it's, it's it's harder the I other way around. Put some thought into it in consideration. Yeah, their DNA does like what that way. like what what could I don't even know what it could be. Like you know, here's a nice negligee for you, hon. No. Well, whenever I okay. buy anything <laughs> gun related, I always check with him first. So we just ordered a Picatinny rail. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. So, or, but if you were going to buy your husband a tool like a drill or a skill saw or something like that, I would never just no, hunt you would, and guess. No, would, because you know you're going to. My wife, she would go with the cheapest. Okay, and that's not going to fly. <laughs> no. You know, the the other thing though that you know, Alicia brings up actually a really good point. I I firmly believe that a lot of people are probably 
Mo- I'm going to just throw this out there. Like 90% of things that people don't like about this or that gun can be fixed with a little bit of training. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like 90%. Oh, I, so, I agree. So I agree. If, if you do. I agree. If you, yeah, right, Sam? So if you do find yourself in a situation where someone does something horrible like gets you a gun you didn't exactly want. <laughs> Why just do something horrible like that for me. I know, right? Just train with it, and I'll, you know. And do you charge extra for stupidity? <laughs> Not yet. That's Not a good yet. idea, though. Stupidity yeah. charge. A little, tax. Little add-on. Stupid tax. Well, I just say, sir, I, I'll be more than happy to help you and your wife out, but this will cost you another twenty bucks. <laughs> awesome job, Sam. I love yeah. the article. Thank you so much. Well, thanks uh, for everyone for reading it. I'm hoping to get some more engagement. We don't we don't really get people commenting on the articles, so. Um, I, I would love for there to be some discussion underneath, so I know how people are receiving it, what people think, you know. Okay. And you're going to be on the we're Dave and I, and and possibly Alicia, we're going to be here on, for, on Christmas next week, so you're going to join us on the Christmas show, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, I'll, I'll try and come up with some talking points for you. Right. We <laughs> might. Well, since we're not going to have anybody else other than Mike, Alicia, and I, we could probably give them some more airtime. I told them. I said, yeah, come up with something interesting. We'll yeah. get you on the air. Yeah. Fly out. Come on in. There you go. <laughs> That's gonna. You don't like? He's got an airplane. That's true. It'll, he, he'd have to Not leave wrong. like right now, but he could. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's true too. All right, Sam. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Good night, everyone. Oh, this this is funny. His mom sent oh, me a text. Oh. You should have seen the look on his face when you said he was wrong. He was incredulous. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I, bl- I, shock- I was shocked you even did that. <laughs> All right, folks, hey, subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. Hey, and when you're going out and about, join San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners. Help change the tide. The Dillon Law Group, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training International, U.S. Concealed Carry Association. We want to thank Alicia Michael, Sam, the gunman, Action Jackson, and Mr. Wonderful, Brendan Thomas, the cat scarer. Hey, and don't forget Bob Siegel's in the, the, in the house. I don't know. but his, his, She's got a show coming up. Make sure you stay tuned for that. And we really want to thank you, Mary, for coming in. You are going to be a regular right here on Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.